the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So I heard one time that if you really want to get to someone's motivation for doing something, uh, you need to not just ask them why once, you need to ask them why five times. They give you an answer, why? They give you an answer to that answer, why? You keep asking and keep asking and you'll drill down and get to the real motivation for what they're doing and why they're doing it. Uh, Today... In China, here is our Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken. Yes, the same Anthony Blinken who put together, or at least directed someone to put together, the letter signed by 51 former intelligence officers that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. So Joe Biden could cite that letter as a way to forestall the revelations in the laptop at the last presidential debate with Donald Trump prior to the 2020 election, that same Anthony Blinken, talking about the U.S.'s position on Taiwan, right? Joe Biden has said, if China invades Taiwan, we're going to defend Taiwan. We're going to send troops to Taiwan. He has said that multiple times. Anthony Blinken Doesn't sound like he's too excited about that. He sounds like this is another instance of Joe Biden speaking out of turn. Here is the Secretary of State in his wrap-up remarks today from his visit to China. On Taiwan, I reiterated the long-standing U.S. one-China policy. Uh, That policy has not changed. It's guided by the Taiwan Relations Act, the three joint communiques, the six assurances. We do not support Taiwan independence. We remain opposed to any unilateral changes to the status quo by either side, we continue to expect the peaceful resolution of cross-strait differences. We remain committed to meeting our responsibilities under the Taiwan Relations Act, including making sure that Taiwan has the ability to defend itself. Well, the only part of that 30-second discourse that really matters is him saying, we do not support Taiwan's independence. We believe in their right to defend themselves. Yeah, if they get shot at, they can shoot back. It doesn't sound to me like we're eager to send troops over there. Amazing. Now, why? Why is that amazing? Well, it's amazing because if China takes control of Taiwan, and Taiwan is the world's leader in making super complex microchips, then if you thought supply chain issues were bad during COVID, good luck getting a new car, new washer, dryer, stove, new anything, everything of consequence today is made with microchips. Okay, why? Why would this be our policy? Why would we clearly state we do not support Taiwan's independence? What could be worse than us not 
having access to the stuff that we've had access for forever to make our lives simpler, to keep our standard of living atop any other nation in the free world. Why would we not care about Taiwan's independence if Taiwan's independence is essential to us continuing to have access to those super complex microchips? Well, would China have any secrets on Joe Biden or Hunter Biden or anything going on in our government? That makes sense to me. Like, when you have the guy in charge of the decision on whether or not we will go in and defend Taiwan militarily in a possibly compromising position with the government that is trying to take over Taiwan, well, Joe Biden may have a little different interest in that outcome of China and Taiwan conflict than you or I would have. Again, why? Because China, in addition to Ukraine, is a country that paid Hunter Biden a lot of money. Why? Because Hunter Biden is a Biden. That's why. And because Hunter Biden wasn't just taking the money for Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden was taking the money for the big guy and for the entire Biden family. Is any of this making sense? Of course, all of it's making sense. I try not to be conspiratorial. I'm not wearing a tinfoil hat. But sometimes when the puzzle pieces fit together so seamlessly, without a stretch at all, take for instance, is it a stretch to believe that China and Ukrainian energy companies paid Hunter Biden boatloads of cash for access to his father and his father's influence through being, at that time, vice president of the United States and having long and deep ties in the U.S. Senate, where a lot of policy is concocted. Is that a stretch to believe that they paid Hunter Biden boatloads of cash for access to his dad? Or is it a stretch to believe that Donald Trump was elected president of the United States all the while being in secret contact with Vladimir Putin being an agent for the Russian government. Which one of those two is more plausible? Particularly since you know Hunter Biden was getting boatloads of cash from those countries. And Hunter Biden is a drug addict, crack addict, train wreck of a person. Those typically are not the kinds of guys who land high-paying positions on the boards of foreign energy companies. They typically would like their board of directors to be a little more stable, a little less exposed to blackmail, which I would assume someone is when they're snorting coke off a hooker's belly as a matter of routine. Oh, but the American media is like, oh, there's nothing to see here, Bruce. Nothing to see here. Why? Because they hate Donald Trump with a hatred that exceeds the heat of a thousand suns. I can't answer the why to that. Well, I kind of sort of can because Trump was going to enact policies that they find fill in the blank. Racist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, always phobic 
to them because, of course, they think that our country is a horrible, awful, terrible country because they've grown up in a privileged country where they have nothing better to do than to dream up scenarios of how we can apologize for the prosperity that other people won for us because, of course, we are not brave enough or have never been asked to be brave enough to win those freedoms for ourselves. So I do not find it at all implausible to the point where major media organizations in this country would totally ignore it when there are tapes out there of Joe Biden on the phone with the ousted president of Ukraine, who we know was super corrupt because the world over, Ukraine has been known as a place where oligarchs got rich and where the people got shafted for years and years and years and years. One more time, here's Joe Biden on tape with the president of Ukraine, not Zelensky, Poroshenko, before Poroshenko was tossed out on his ear because of the corruption, I might add. Biden, before Trump took office, but after Trump was elected in December of 2016, talking to Poroshenko about, now I don't want Trump to start asking questions when he gets in there. Why? Well, a plausible reason would be because Joe Biden has gotten really stinking rich off his relationship with Poroshenko and other Ukrainian oligarchs. I don't want Trump to get in the position where he thinks he's about to buy onto a policy where the financial system is going to collapse and he's going to be looked to to pour more money into Ukraine. That's how he'll think about it before he gets sophisticated enough to know the details. Now, why would the Ukrainian financial system collapse? I mean, haven't we heard about how fertile the land is in Ukraine and how the crops are bumper crops? I mean, we'd have mammoth amounts of exports. The country should be doing really well financially. Try to answer that why next. Now, I will answer the question as to why Ukraine would possibly have a national financial meltdown, given the fact that it has really fertile farmland and has the ability to uh, export wheat and feed all of the world. Uh, But we have an inquiring mind, Ryan, who calls 844-TALK-989, 844-TALK-989, and he now joins the Bruce Willis Show. Hello, Ryan. Hey, it's Brian, actually. I I think about uh, Biden's a horrible man, but you got to be careful about when you try to, like, make uh you know sometimes uh your questions about the china one policy and that it's his policy that policy has been in effect since the nixon administration so yes it you, has since 1972 mean, yeah so i'm just saying you, you know your kind of correlation there that you know he's doing this because it, that's a because it's corrupt probably is not maybe true but it's not you can't really make that you know, connected. Well, I think that it's corrupt to say that you're going to support Taiwan and you're going to send troops in there. And then uh, certainly you would agree with me that China was not the threat to the United States in 1972 that it is today. Absolutely not. And, and again, he's a buffoon, but to make that, you know, 
that correlation between, you know, the scandal and that's why he's doing this. The United States is doing this. It's just not the case. So. Yeah, I, I think your point is well taken. I appreciate it. Thank you for the call. Uh, I will say that I think that it is um, pretty evident that America, there, there, there are two reasons why, in my mind, why the United States should intervene in a war that some people would say, ah, that doesn't concern us. Let it go. I don't believe that we should be um, should be the world's policemen unless unless American citizens are in jeopardy, their safety is compromised in a foreign nation, then I think we should get involved. Or that the result of the war would have implications on life in the U.S. It would dramatically, drastically impact life in the U.S. I think obviously that's why we got involved in the Gulf War. We got involved in uh, we got involved in Afghanistan. We got involved in Iraq because obviously we weren't involved over there, and things spun out of control. And we had hijackers flying planes into our buildings and killing American citizens. There was a global terroristic threat to the United States. The game changed on nine eleven oh one with Taiwan. You can debate the merits of whether or not we should get involved putting American blood and treasure into a war if it happens in order to keep the supply chains open and to keep, you know, the standard of living here what it is and technologically. The other thing about the microchips that they make in Taiwan, everything militarily now is geared heavily toward microchips and computers and cyber. And if China is going to take access or take uh, take ownership of all of that, well, that also would have a significant American security risk. Now, the one China policy directly contradicts what Joe Biden has said all along. The one China policy is just that. We think there's one China and that Taiwan is part of China. So we have never, in terms of the policy that Brian talked about since the Nixon administration, we have basically said what China contends now that we don't agree with, that we keep saying, no, that's not true, is that Taiwan is part of China. So we have a policy in place that even our addled president has verbally, at least, defied by saying, no, if they go in and they invade China, uh, Taiwan, and we're going to go in and defend them. But I think Brian made a good point in that this policy's been around for a long time. It wasn't crafted. It wasn't created by Joe Biden. Now, as for Ukraine, when Russia invaded, one of the reasons why Russia was said to have invaded was because, oh, if they claim this part of you know, Ukraine, well, they get all the rich farmland of Ukraine. Well, if a country has super rich farmland, you can parlay that into exports that should make the country pretty solvent financially, pretty solid, pretty stout financially. Why would that be a risk? Why would their financial system possibly collapse, as Joe Biden said in that phone call with the then president of Ukraine, Poroshenko? Because the whole entire country in terms of the government, is corrupt because the oligarchs are bleeding money off, even now. The amount of money that we're giving to Ukraine to theoretically front their war effort and keep them from being overtaken, I'm not at all confident that that money is ending up devoted to the resources that it is supposed to be devoted to. Is it devoted to some of them? Sure it is, because Ukraine is 
at times holding its own, at times making gains, at times suffering losses. But it looks like this war is going to continue endlessly unless we finally decide, hey, enough's enough. We can't afford to fund this war forever. Settle it. Figure it out. We have to provide, if we had a leader, we have to provide an off-ramp where Zelensky and the Ukrainians can save face and where Putin and the Russians can save face. That's why you have diplomacy. But instead, we just seem to be willing to endlessly fund Ukraine and give money, 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 money to Ukraine. It may not be the reason. But it's not in direct conflict with how you would feel if you were Joe Biden and you had a very deep, dark secret that detailed your corruption with people in Ukraine and you wanted to keep that from becoming known to the American public. I'm astounded that this audio that I played for you with Biden saying, "Ah, I don't want Trump. Digging in because he might not have the sophistication to understand why you guys can't pay your own bills over there. Hmm. Now, this is where it gets really confusing. Poroshenko, the then president of Ukraine, had an aide named Onashenko. Okay? Onashenko was the guy that Biden was really worried about because Onashenko decided that knowing what he knew about Biden's relationship with Ukraine and Hunter Biden's relationship with Ukraine, and again, we got to go backwards. The FBI has had Hunter Biden's laptop since when? 2019. 2019. Before Trump gained traction in the polls, before Trump became the Republican nominee, before Trump was elected president, the FBI had Hunter Biden's laptop. So they had everything on Hunter Biden's laptop. And what all is on Hunter Biden's laptop? All the emails, all the information about the money he's making from Burisma. All that info, they got it. The FBI's got it. Now, what else do we know about that particular period of time? You remember Peter Strzok and Lisa Page and their illicit affair and the FBI agents? And one of the things that Lisa Page said to Peter Strzok was, what are we going to do if Trump becomes president? And Peter Strzok's response was, don't worry, we got a backup plan. We got a plan. They were spying on his campaign. And once he became president, they already had the Hillary Clinton plot in motion to derail his presidency with what became the Mueller investigation. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.